0: Today's episode is sponsored by Relief Factor. Pain from everyday living, exercise, or just getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. It interferes with daily activities and can even keep us from spending time with the people we love. If you have everyday pain, it stands to reason you need something you can feel comfortable with taking every day. That's why doctors invented 100% drug-free Relief Factor. Now tens of thousands of customers are using Relief Factor every day to become mostly or completely pain-free. 100% drug-free Relief Factor features four key ingredients that work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing processes to respond to pain and inflammation. Now you can try Relief Factor too. The three-week quick start retail price of almost $70 is now available to our listeners for just $19.95. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today with Relief Factor. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great, great week. It has been a very interesting week. It's actually been, I want to say, a very busy week. I will be, if you I'll put in the show notes, but this week we did a lot. So Um, this over the past weekend, we went to a power ranger comic-con almost like, so I think it's called, um, I think it's called power station, power station, but it was basically a power, a power ranger comic-con. Now I know you're thinking toy, why in the actual world were you at a power ranger comic-con? I'm going to tell you why my husband is a super fan. I have known this since I met him in 1999. I didn't know how far he was going to go with this, but he is a Power Ranger fan for life. Any of his friends who are listening are well-versed and well-aware. They probably make fun of him a thousand and one times, but when you like something, you like something. And as a wife, I'm going to support that. My husband, 1000, Supports the things that I do when I need him most, he is there. So it would be a no brainer for me to then switch and be there for him. My husband is the type of husband that if I needed his laptop and he like this week is that's how our week has been. He stops whatever he's doing to make sure that I have what I need to have. So listen, go go Power Rangers. We were in the building, (laughs) we met a few Power Rangers, it was an amazing time. And just to see his smile on his face being so excited was enough for me. Also, let's just talk really quick about men, self-care, and um, people just don't think that men need self-care. My husband was actually going to back out and not go to the Comic-Con, and I was like, isn't that what you like? Isn't that what you love? Why would you not do something that you liked and loved? And he looked at me, and he pressed. Like, it wasn't like it was a huge press, because it is the Power Rangers, but he still went. I am a firm believer that, you know, we have to be mindful of our men and making sure that they have what they need. Because we want them to do the same for us, but we can't do for them. So if you are a young lady, a woman of any age, and you're listening and you're in a full-time relationship with the one and only love, please make sure that you pour back into your spouse the same way or your boyfriend the same way that they are doing for you. Nothing is more irking than to have it be one-sided. Nobody benefits in a real way from a one-sided relationship. So that is where we were this past weekend. Secondly, there's been a lot of events that have been taking place. I went to Insta Philly, which is like a photo immersion here in Philadelphia. I also went to Candytopia. There were, listen, I feel like I just been on go, go, go. Uh, This particular weekend is going to be AT time, which is Auntie time. And outside of that, I have some other events rolling over into the next week. When am I going to rest? I give myself permission and allow my body to rest when it tells me to. So when I'm feeling extremely tired or I start to notice that irritability, I don't wait for like a church announcement. I'm gonna go ahead and get that um, sleep right away. So that is what's been going on for this entire past week. I think in this week has been very good. It's been very active and extremely safe. Listen, people, I don't know if they're going to roll back the, um, wearing mask here in Philadelphia or all over. I know in LA or California, I say both because sometimes it may be just the city of LA or the state, but I know that they're already putting people back in their mask, whether you've been vaccinated or not. Now you may be telling yourself, like, I don't want to do all that. I don't know what to tell you, because if they start rolling out the mask um, requirements, just where we're going to be. Like, there's just no ways of getting around that. So only thing I can suggest is that, During the times when you need to wear your mask, please do so. And the times that you feel you're in a smaller company, then go ahead and do so. We have been wearing our masks because it's important. We have three children. Only one of the children um, are halfway vaccinated and the other two are not even able to get it. So we're going to do our due diligence because that's what's important to us. And you may be listening and say that may not be important to you, but also keep in mind other people that may be around you that don't have that choice. And they may be counting on you to have already done what was right and you didn't. So just be mindful. If you don't want to take the vaccination, that's your business, right? I am not here to tell you what to do, but what I will say is make sure that you at least give the people that are around you the heads up. Like, Hey, Hey, you can come, but I'm not vaccinated. One of my um, husband's family members did that. And I appreciate that. I don't think we went to whatever they were having, but it's appreciation of not having us go into a situation blind Also, if you are vaccinated and you're going into a situation, do your due diligence to ask. Everybody should have a choice. I believe in the spirit and the power of choice. And if you choose to not have your vaccination, that's between you. However, I feel like you should speak up for yourself and say that you don't. And, or if you are the type of person that is concerned about that, then do your due diligence to ask, right? Now people can lie, right? People lie all the time, but at least I've done my due diligence to ask and try to figure out where I need to be in this whole situation. So that's my five seconds of Ted talk. Um, this week is going to be very interesting for the next week, I should say. And this week has definitely, like I said, for sure has been very, 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 very tough. It's just like timing wise, trying to get everything done, um, staying on top of everything and trying to make sure that all of my stuff is in order. So, um, we're going to get into the blog today. We have an amazing guest. She is an author. She is a, a speaker and you know, we're just going to get into her name is Helen Edwards. She is an author of nothing sexier than freedom. Yes. We are going to talk about what it is to be sexy, what that means. Um, it means different things to everybody. This conversation gets spicy, but doesn't go all the way left, but it is the premise of what it means to you to be sexy. Um, when I was growing up and I talk about that in the podcast a little later today is that, um, I wasn't allowed to say like, Oh, that's sexy because that was like a cuss word, especially when you were a kid now, rightfully so as a parent, i realized that how much sense that made, but as an adult, not realizing that you can be sexy, um, or that you're not allowed to be as sexual as you choose to be. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a journey. Um, and she's going to talk about her past ladies. I know we are some of the most judgmental folks that we are going to judge. Some of the things that you're going to hear in this podcast today is going to make you five seconds judge. But I want you to listen with a, with a liberated ear and hear the lesson that needs to be spoken. Um, I'm not in any way condoning um, any negative behaviors and traits and all those different things because that's not my job, right? But at the end of the day, we all have had a journey. I too have had a journey. I've failed a million one things. I've got caught up in a lot of different things. I've gotten caught up in people that I shouldn't have been caught up in. I'm very open about the mistakes that I've made because we are so you know, told that we can't speak authentically about the fact that, Hey, I messed up or, Hey, I got called, you know, got caught up in a lot of things. Some things you get caught up in, you you get caught up in because you're listening to someone else and you get lied to. There are some lessons that you learn that you got caught up because you didn't listen to yourself. Then there are some lessons that you get caught up because it's a part of who you are. I used to run from that, like, oh, that's not me. That was so-and-so. But as I've gotten older, I have taken full 100% accountability for the things that I have said and I have done. And let me just say, some of the things that I've said, some of the things that I've done, I'm not happy about the things that were done. I'm not happy about the things that I said. But what I will say is I learned the lesson. Some of those lessons hurt people that I can't go back and change. I have asked for forgiveness. Some people have said, yes, we forgive you. We've moved on. Our lives are great. We still keyed up. There are some people where they're like, no, sis, I'm not here for that. And you have to understand when you hurt people, um, and you apologize, they're not required to just say, okay, we're forgiven and all is well. Like you might run up against a situation where it may not work that way. So I want you to be mindful of that, that when you ask someone to forgive you, it doesn't just all of a sudden just go the way it needs to go to. So I say that in preface to the conversation that we're going to have with Helen because she's amazing. And, um, yeah, I want to get get right into that. So without any other further ado, let's bring in Miss Helen Edwards. And thank you for uh, joining us today on Conversations with Toy. We have an amazing little treat today. It's gonna be a little bit of a spicy conversation per se. We have Helen Edwards of Sexy Freedom LLC. I am going to pass the mic over to her. She's gonna introduce herself the way she wants to be introduced. And then we're just gonna jump right into the conversation. I would uh, say that this is gonna be one of those very libertine conversations. So if you are I don't know how the phrase is. If you are feeling a little stuck in, you're kind of like, I don't know if I want to talk about that. That's probably for you. Go ahead and lean in because we're just going to go there and talk. That's what we do. So Helen, go ahead and take it away.
1: All right. Thanks for having me on, Toy. Oh my gosh. My name's Helen Edwards and I'm here to say I do a wide variety of things all day. (laughs) Uh, So I wrote the book. (laughs) I wrote the book, Nothing Sexier Than Freedom. Uh, it's all about liberation, especially as a woman. Um, I, it's rated R, rated X, it's adult language. It's, you know, it's liberating. It's about a woman finding her journey, which is me, finding my journey into adulthood, wisdom, and through different relationships. And uh, I'm an author, speaker, coach, uh, retreat leader. So yeah, I got a, I'm a multiple achiever. <laughs> I'm here for that. And, you know, I'm also here for multiple,
0: getting in multiple coins as well. Um, so what, yeah. what made you, like, I know you talked about having different relationships. And so that may have been like a part of the, that journey, but what made you decide to, we all have that a journey, right? What made you decide to take it and put it in this book? Cause you know, she described it as R-rated, X-rated, all those things, but what made you decide, okay, I'm going to throw this book together. This is what somebody needs to hear.
1: Yeah, so you know that point in your life where you're just like, I don't know what to do with my life? Well, (laughs) I was at that point, (laughs) and I watched The Notebook. Have you seen The Notebook? I love The Notebook. It's, you know, guys always give The Notebook a bad rep, but it's like,
0: if you love romantic size movies, I think that is the movie.
1: Yes, well, what I got from the movie also was that the woman has dementia or Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. and Early dementia runs in my family, and I just thought, well, if I start losing my memory, I want somebody to read back my stories to me, or if I die unexpectedly, I want stories to be left left by or left uh, behind for my friends and family. So I thought, well, what stories do I have? What do I got going for me in life? And the only thing I really had going for me was I was partying a lot, I was jumping to different jobs, and I was dating multiple people. So I thought I'll write a funny stories about that. And a so hundred pages in, I got an editor to kind of help me clean it up. And that's when she started diving in. Like, why do you think like this? Why do you do this? And, you know, asking me questions. And that made me start asking myself, well, why do I do that? And that's how the book evolved from 100 pages to 440 pages. <laughs> Which is not a bad read. I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. So that's actually not a bad
0: read. Um, what's the one thing you would say that people are I don't know, clutching their pearls about, if you don't know what clutching your pearls means, clutching your pearls means it's the thing where you're like in shell shock that you can't believe somebody either has said or done is usually an embarrassment to something. And usually it's always in a reference of sex. So when somebody says, ooh, girl, clutch your pearls, that means, girl, <laughs> it's about to be a bumpy ride. We go on all the way in. And so I just want to bring my readers up to speed and my listeners, and just in case you're just like, "Uh, what's that mean? So what's the one thing that somebody would say clutch of pearls on from the book that you wrote?
1: Oh man. Oh, probably the fact that I wrote and was very open about two things specifically, one being a notorious cheater and two talking about um, just how much I was unapologetic about having different experiences in life and then moving on to another experience in life. And by experience, you mean sexual experience, correct? I mean, sexual, jobs, people, like environments, everything. So that would be the Clutcher Pearls
0: moment. What did, what was your moment that like, okay, so you have this Clutcher Pearls moment. You're, you're going from experience from experience, whether that be jobs, relationships, whatever the case may be, you're talking about being a notorious cheater. Go into a little bit about what that means to you, because to everybody that may mean something completely different. Now, ladies, be open minded and listen, because just listen, (laughs) you know, ladies, always always (laughs) are the ones that go dive in the hardest. So that's why I had to put that little preface out there.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, coming open, becoming open about being a notorious cheater was something I used to laugh about because it was it was funny at the time, you know, and when you're just like with any type of title or label, you're going to attract more of that title and label. So as a cheater, I met multiple different types of cheaters. So there was men cheaters, women cheaters, I mean, just all types and different types of them, vindictive players of all sorts. And I realized I need to create rules for myself while I was playing that game. (laughs)
0: And uh, yeah. So what were your rules? So then what did you develop as your rules? What was your mindset around rules?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, So I'm now no longer a cheater. (laughs) So I'm trying to remember what my rules are. Yeah, yeah, there, (laughs) there was a couple of rules I had. Like One, I would never cheat on. I'd never be with married men. Okay. Uh, I would not be with a man who had a girlfriend. Um, I would, or pretty much, I wouldn't be with anybody who was in a relationship. Um, and I would not be with my friends exes or men they've dated or men that they're interested in.
0: So then when you're saying the cheating part, if you're not with someone that's married and you're not with someone who's with a girlfriend, so then are you considered the only cheater with a single person? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes. So I'm okay. a cheater and I have multiple partners who think that I'm the faithful girlfriend. Okay. So
0: fast forwarding to now, because you know, polygamy and all these other different quote unquote terms now are now yeah. acceptable now, which were are not, I'm sure acceptable back then. Would you consider, even though you're reformed, if you could go back then and and put the tag and to it. would you consider yourself to be more a polygamist or would you just continue at the time again I'm prefacing this is at the time with just sure thoughts of now would you have uh-huh. gone back and just decided to just necessarily be a polygamist or just continue in the cheating because what was the thrill behind it or, or you know I, I don't know if it's a thrill but yeah uh, what was the, <laughs> the the ride or the way that it got you to be that way like what made you go that
1: route Sure, I actually dive really deep into this, and nothing sexier than freedom, um, because there's a lot more to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I often got asked this question a lot from oh, sure. many people: polygamous, um, you know, people that were non-monogamous uh, in multiple relationships, very open to their partners. And I, when I got asked about it, I would look into it and see is that for me? And I knew it wasn't because. You're right. It was the thrill. I loved the game. I loved the game of not being caught of how to strategically get around with the lies and how to get away with it. It really wasn't to, um, I wasn't out to hurt people because I never cheated. I never went in and said, I'm going to cheat on you. Like I'm, I'm here to cheat on you. I never wanted to. In fact, it was a struggle for me not to, um, but I always felt I was given permission once the other person screwed up first. In other words, whatever that screw up was. Oh, and okay. that was, I was about like.
0: To say it didn't always have to be cheating. It could have just been whatever mess up it
1: was. Yeah. In the sight. Then it was yeah. just like, fine. Green light. I'm out. If the- I'm going to do this. Right. Yes. It's like if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you multiple harder. Like I was just, I was a very um, look hurt people hurt people, and right. I was that person. So what is what I mean? What was the what
0: made you decide to be a a reformed cheater? Like what made you decide to then turn away from that, from back in that stage? Cause we all have, you know, we had to always, we, we all have these phases. Um, They don't always have to align the same way, but we have these different phases. Like when you're in your, your twenties or whatever, you could be in your thirties, whatever age group that defines for wherever you're at, at that moment, you have these moments where you're not this cookie cutter person. Everybody wants to come to the table as if they have no, no drama. They want to come to the table as if they don't have any past at all because, you know, once you get married or once you change and all of a sudden, one of my friends, this is crazy. I met someone on Twitter. Now, when I say met someone, I mean this girl I was just really connected with and we talked all the time. So took it from Twitter from when I was a stay-at-home mom and then it exploded to just having a text, like a little a friendship. And she used to go on Twitter and say your whole mouth does not expire all of a sudden just because you've bec- you know you've changed your ways. So with that process in mind, I always tell people that only for the simple fact of telling people to remember that they're one person may be judging you like why would she do that she you know duh, duh, duh. but at the same time we all have something to so some some level of things that we're we've done that are just a part of our past. What made you change? Your way into and why I say I don't mean air quotes to be like to negate that. I mean because you can't people y'all can't see me. I love air quotes. But um what made you change to 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 now say okay I was that was what I was then and now this is where I am now?
1: Yeah. So for the record um that little that little wiring in my brain that it's okay to cheat and this little like addiction to the playing the game, you know, it's not gone. It's still inside of me. It's still part of me. It's just smaller, way, 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 teeny weeny smaller now, you know, because I've my wisdom and my health and wealth is and that different mindset has grown above it to control it. Okay. So we all have a, a part of um a part of some kind of little, I like to call them demons inside of us. There's these little negative spirits inside of us, or whatever you want to look at it. And um it's not that they just leave you. If you've had them, they don't just you. And go. You have to learn yeah. how to control yeah. your
0: urges, your totally. whatever it is that you deal with. You have to find a way to control that. And, um, exactly. you're able to find a way to control that, to look something different. You, you got other things going on that surpasses this mm-hmm. other desire that you, um, yeah. once had. So, right. Now that you're on the path that you are on now, you're messaging, you have the sexy freedom. Talk about what that is, what that means, because there could be a woman that's listening right now who doesn't even understand <clears throat> her own sexual freedom and doesn't care to want it because society tells us, you know, women are not allowed to, to express their sexuality in any type of form. Um, and sexual and sexiness also doesn't also mean Sexualness, it just means a confidence too, where people don't necessarily want to tap into that because if they do, they feel like, you know, society has made us to feel, women to feel dirty about that. How do you, how does that play in what you do now?
1: Yeah. So it all kind of stemmed from that growing out of certain habits uh, through writing the book, facing myself being 100% raw and real on, you know, how I felt certain. Uh, ways and how I had to start a new relationship with myself. Like, was I going to cheat on myself? Was I going to be truthful to myself? You know, was I going to feed lies to myself? You know, you want to, everybody wants a good relationship, right? But then you get somebody and you attract somebody that's like something you're hiding with yourself. Well, it starts with the self, right? So what I did is I realized, and this is just a small portion of what we're talking about today, but Sexy. I wanted to feel sexy. And a lot of people looked at me and they said, Oh my gosh, you're beautiful. You know, you're this, you're that on the outside. But then inside, I was feeling ugly. You know, my external world and and all everything that was I was attracting was, you know, not good or or healthy. So I was like, okay, first of all, it's not wrong for me to feel sexy. And I remember I was at a workshop one time. This is before I started teaching my own workshops and retreats. And they asked what what feeling words do you want to feel the most? And one of my top words, top core words was sexy. And I was so embarrassed to say it because there was men there and women. And I was the only person I, I was like, I want to feel sexy, you know, and everybody's like, what, you're sexy, you know, because right away, everybody wants to fix you and tell you how amazing you are. And that's, that's great. But I needed to just, exp- I needed to hear it from myself. Right. That this is what I wanted. I want to feel sexy inside and out. I want to look at my body. I want to look at my face. I want to look at every part of me and say, "You're hot and you're a sexy, woman." You know. Right. And it it took a lot of years to to work through that to to actually feel it and believe it. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's an
0: internal. That's a internal struggle. People, I don't and I and I say this in love with other people, but we have to stop always feeling as if that us saying it to somebody else is going to be like, why are you doing that? Because the reality of it is, and I've said this all the time too, if you don't feel confident, if you're not feeling secure, if you're not feeling these types of things, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred people telling you that if it's not working on the inside, what does that matter if you're not truly feeling that? If you're smiling just like I feel like with Instagram and and social media you're portraying a certain thing on social media but in inside you may actually be raw you may actually be hurting you actually might be in pain that people don't express that Mm -hmm. you know what do they do with that um so you you're you're, you took a couple years to get to get through that and how did you work that out internally how did you work
1: that out like what were your sure some of your steps so you're right, Toy. There's confidence, right? And confidence can be portrayed as so many different things, but for me, confidence and sexy were definitely um, confidence is very sexy, okay? But the sexy I wanted was a li- it was it was what I was seeing. It was visual. Mm-hmm. I wanted that visual sexy, um, not from what other people were seeing, but from what I was seeing in myself. So I started taking pole dancing classes, and the instructor that day, she was a bigger girl. I mean, a much bigger girl. And she climbed that pole and she rocked it. Like it was nobody's business. And there was a the first time I realized that sexy, she was beyond sexy to me. I, I was just, I was like, I mean, drooling, um, because the attraction I saw was more about the sexy aura around her. Mm-hmm. And I realized that sexy is not it. It that's when confidence and sexy actually Marsh. reunited with me mm-hmm. A- and they'd been so separate for so long. And I realized I want to be like her, you know, I want to be this woman. And she taught me so much that day. So I started taking pole dancing classes that day. I also started hula hooping. That made me feel really sexy because I would you move my hips and work my yeah. curves. So there's things out there the smallest things that I started doing. Um, I started doing affirmations every day in the mirror. I started reading and writing and, and watching every YouTube video I can on every woman. I thought Lisa Nicole's was still one of my favorites. I watch her YouTube video every day and the way she just portrayed to me, her sexiness, her confidence. I was just like, I want that. I want to be like that, you know, and the more you feel it, the more you do it in your body and you start aligning it all, it just starts becoming. So, yeah,
0: I will say one thing about pole dancing. So I took my first pole dancing class as a way to help with my postpartum. Now I know my family members are hearing this because they listen to my podcast and stuff, and you may not have even known that, but yeah, it was a way for me to go away, to move away from this postpartum depression that I was dealing with where my body had completely changed um, again, like my, my husband was doing the same thing. You look great. You look amazing. You know, I love you, blah. blah, blah. but I wasn't feeling that because my body literally was going through different emotional, mental, different changes. And the yeah. way that I saw myself wasn't the same way that I had saw myself a, a few years before that. And so pole dancing classes was a way for me to help through that. I took it two days a week for a couple of months And it helped tremendously. So when I hear people say things negatively about pole dancing, first of all, I would challenge anybody, male or female, and especially females to take that class. Because like you said, the woman that taught my class was a heavier set woman as well. And she went up that top of that thing and spun around in ways that I couldn't get my (laughs) body up past the one part of the pole the first day. Like I was struggling because the struggle was real because it's not about the pole, it's about literally the strength of your body and just knowing yourself and yes. like blowing it. And, and I'm telling you, so any woman that's like, I don't know about pole dancing classes, even if you don't want a whole bunch of people, know, there's private people that will teach you as well. I personally believe in pole dancing classes as a way to, um, strengthen your body as well as your mm-hmm. just to visually see yourself. Cause when I finally was able to, um, let my, really, it was really a mental game for me it Mm
1: -hmm.
0: as physical as it was, it was more of a mental game because I kept telling myself, what if someone sees me on this pole? Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, what are they going to think? But the reality of it was, is that I had to let that go. Like when I came into class, like it was supposed to be for me to build myself back up. So I know pole dance is definitely the way. What is your um, advice for another woman that may be in the stage that you were in? Or maybe she's not that far off to where you were, but just in her mindset, because listen, the the physicalness of whatever you had going on, then it's still a mindset. There's still the emotional with it. There's still a mental, there's a spiritual part of that that goes along with that. What is your advice to another woman that may be struggling right now? She doesn't feel sexy. She doesn't feel confident. She doesn't feel Like she's just capable of doing anything because she's held back again by her physicality. And I know people say that physical isn't everything, but it is. If you look in the actual mirror, you're not going to see good hearted. You're not going to see, I have a kind spirit. You're not going to look in the mirror and say, I see those things. You're going to see your body in all of its roles or non-roles. You're going to see every stripe and everything that's going on. So how do you um, uplift another woman right now that may be feeling that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I know, I mean, I could remember crying on my bed and wishing my partner touched me more asking him to touch me more, talk to me more, more affection, more this, more that. And I didn't get it. I, I was in a relation, uh, non-sexual touching relationship for seven years. And I just kept thinking, why am I in this? How could I be in this? And surprisingly, that's the relationship I cheated the less. And, um, and I just remember thinking, I remember before I met him, how beautiful and awesome I thought I was. And then it just completely broke me when it all kind of Crumbled so if you're out there and you're kind of feeling you know not undesired what I highly suggest is getting out and doing the work because you've got to muster it up and you've got to seek it out and you've got to put yourself in places that are going to fill you up you know whether that's around other women women's groups classes workshops um, because you're going to want to support You're going to want women around you who've been there and who are also doing the work Two, uh, you know, listen to affirmations. You could put it in your ears and you could just go about your day and listen to things that'll fill your head up with positive things rather than the negative things that you're saying to yourself. Cause you're, you're saying negative things to yourself, especially when you're in a low place. And then also, if you don't have the money to go out there and go do the classes, throw on some music, let down your hair and get wild woman <laughs>
0: dance. <laughs> Dancing in your house will work it like, and yes. dance too. Like as if no one is watching, like don't dance yeah. like that, like blinders on because you're waiting for somebody across the club to be seeing you and you can't dance. Like, don't worry about your skill sets like legit get in your room and dance for real?
1: Oh yeah. I used to put on music when my partner was away and it was just me in the house or, you know, when my son was little, it was just me and him. I put music on and we just dance. And when my, you know, some nights when it was a full moon out, I put music on and I'd pour a glass of wine and I just like howl at the moon, you know, I let it out, whatever's inside. I let out because you, in order for you to get or gain more in, you got to release something. And that's something could be all those negative, bad do vibes.
0: Yeah. We don't, you don't definitely don't want those bad vibes. You don't um, need that. <laughs> you definitely don't need that. And I know as a mom, there may be other moms that are listening. How can they, cause I'm always about trying to find and an other ways to just for small points of self-care that they can do. Cause you know, one, everyone talks about the money of self-care, but I always try to leave people with just a few examples of things that doesn't cost a lot of money for mm-hmm. them to try to build themselves back up because, you know, you can't mom right when your mind's not right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, you're good. Look, when I I only had one and I there were times and he was so active and I felt so drained sometimes like it couldn't get back to me. So one of the things is I made him a part of everything I was doing. You know, dancing, like I mentioned, dancing in the house was big for us. You know, yoga, I would teach him yoga. Um, Things put, the cool thing is now everything is electronically. So you don't have to necessarily pay for a class, you can throw on a YouTube video. One of the things I taught my son was how to get on YouTube and do dance videos. And we do dance videos right there. TikTok's real big right now. Get your kids are doing it. You know, if your kids are doing it, get involved with them, do some TikToks with them and laugh. Like laughter is so big. It burns calories. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That part. But Yeah. When you have private time to yourself, really take advantage of that time. I know for me, showers were a big deal, those hot showers. And I know this may I don't know, well whatever, I'm going to say it anyways. In the showers, I I thank my body. Like when I'm rubbing my body down, I'm thanking my legs, I'm thanking my arms because there's a lot of people out there don't got limbs, you know? So I'm thanking my limbs for carrying the weight of whatever's I got going on that day. I make tea, You know, I, I taught my son, let's drink tea every day. Let's get that lemon to wash out our bodies. And, and, you know, whatever, as a mom, make sure, like I, I try to raise my son anytime. And I only had my son part-time. I, I knew he was going to go out there and be a man of this world for somebody, be in a partnership with somebody out there. I wanted him to be the best partner he could be because I knew, I know what it's like to not have the best partners. And how I can, you know, those relationships suck you dry. So I wanted to raise my kid to be a good partner. And as mothers and fathers out there, we have that opportunity to do that. Right. It, that starts, my- at
0: home. it starts at home and we don't think yes. about the, the
1: things that we're doing, big or small.
0: It does matter because you get them used to or not used to um, how they're supposed to see you treating yourself big time yeah. and also how they see you treating other people whether you're in a relationship with other people or not like all of those things matter yeah. and just those little 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 things like you said the whole drinking tea and the TikToks. i know people are so dead set against um social media but using social media correctly and then teaching your children yes. how to use social yes. media correctly is actually very beneficial yeah. it's not a just a no don't use it it's a no right maybe not right now but when they get to a certain age It's also taken the time out to show them how to utilize it because it was created originally for it to be a source of information. Now, how we use that information is up to us, but we have to teach the kids how to use the information correctly. Like, how do you go in there and research? Uh, My daughter surprised me today. She, we have been doing yoga for about, every. I want to say strongly since the pandemic, and this morning we were all trying to rustle around, trying to get dressed and, you know, get things done. And she just stopped where she was and she had her little, and she has one of those like kitty Kindles, the ones that are like <laughs> for children, you can't go no further. Don't go to the left. Don't go yeah. to the right. But on there are tick, I mean, not tick tocks, but yoga. And she just sat right in my room and was just doing her yoga. And I just, everybody was just stepping around her and stepping, you know, whatever. But she took that time on her own just to just do that, just to silence herself. Oh, I love (laughs) that. And I didn't bother her. I was like, look, if that's what you need this morning to get your day going, like I'm, that made me feel good because it was like, okay, something that I introduced them to, they're taking on their own. And she didn't do it where she was waiting for other people to do it with her. She just up and did it. So cool mom mom points for that. I
1: love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How can the people get more of what you have going on. First of all, I want everybody to take the time out to get the book, which we will tag in the show notes so that you can read it. I want you to go ahead and take your time reading it. I'm going to read it and come back and do uh a like a follow-up about what I thought about the book as well. Or I may do it in the blog. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll do a blog review and then um, you can get it from there. But we will put that in the show notes. But how can the people either get a hold to you, find you, um, get more um, information about how they can become a little bit better and become more sexual, not sexy, but sexy um, in their thought process and how they think about themselves and how they move in this world?
1: Sure. Well, I've got a retreat coming up for women in Castella, California. It's north of LA, uh, so September 17th through the 19th this year. So it's a weekend, uh, like you were saying for moms, a lot of the retreats I do, I like to keep them short because I know what it's like to have a full-time job, multiple jobs and kids. So that's coming up. Um, some of the practices we'll do is in regards to how to lift your uh desire and your your confidence up. So there's gonna be a lot more about that. Uh nothing sexier than freedom is available on Amazon Barnes and Nobles. And you can find everything on sexyfreedom.com.
0: <laughs> there you go. So now we got website, we got Amazon, we got Barnes and Nobles, which are both my two sites that I go to regularly. Um yeah and who doesn't and we have a way to get on that retreat if you are in the california area and or will be or want to get away to the california area because maybe you need a little bit of a a vacation a little time away this would be the perfect time it's in september we'll include all that information in the show notes so that you have it and i will also post it on my instagram page as it gets a little closer just keep posting it so that you have that information um make sure that you again You got to find ways to uplift yourself and no better way is to go on a retreat. Retreats are one of one of those things that kind of like rejuvenate your your, your spirit to kind of get your motor going so that when you come back home, you can implement not just go get away, get a time away and then come back home the same way you are like whatever you've learned, whatever you've implemented, you want to take with you and then actively, you got to actively practice the things that you want. When you want certain things in your life, you got to move a little bit closer to it every single day.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, um, yes. thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Um, make sure you thank go on you. the website, get the book, everyone get on that uh, retreat. You got time. There's plenty of time for you to get your coins set aside and get your tickets. Um, all that things that you need to get so that you can be, um, in the building. Um, is there anything else you would like to say to the, to the audience?
1: I just like to say toy. Thank you so much. Uh, you are fantastic and I love your vibe and I actually did check out your blog and I think you're magnificent. So, um, just keep doing what you're doing.
0: <laughs> and I appreciate you. And listen, anybody that's talking about liberating freedom, even in being sexy, like there's nothing wrong. I, and I meant to say this, you almost let me forget. So let's bring that back up. When I was growing up, I used to like, my mom used to be on me about saying sexy. Let me tell you how I said it. So what I did was, um, Felicia Rashad. Um, she was the opening of the Cosby show and she did her little number in the red dress. And I was like, Oh, she is just so sexy. Now I might've been more than 10, 11. <laughs> I didn't even know what sexy was. My mom was like, you don't even know what sexy was. And so it's like, that thought process when you're growing up, you're like, you're not allowed to stay sexy. So even as an adult, when I say the word, I'm like cognate to actually go and say it because that mindset of like, oh, you're not allowed to say that is like still plays in the back of my mind. But the reality of it is, is who doesn't want to be sexy? Who does not want to be desired um, from ourselves, from looking at what we see in the mirror and from other people? We want to have that that sexiness and that confidence when we're in a room we're around people it's it's, it's an amazing feeling to feel and have both of them aligned because there's no stopping you and you know what it shows in the way that you move just like the women on the pole like when you see that it stops you dead in your tracks and think about it from yes. our perspective like as a woman I saw that woman doing it I was like girl come on come on through on that pole yeah <laughs> and, and I you know just trying to figure out my own self so listen I'm all the way for sexual liberation and however that um, may evolve for people um it to me is i think everybody has their journey and i think some journeys come with some highs and some lows i know mine's have I've always been yes <laughs> that. um my blog has come from many uh, moments of uh, failure you know and and learning mm-hmm. and learning about myself to be honest with you the biggest lessons i've learned were the lessons that i had to learn from myself in them times when you feel like you done got knocked down to the ground 20 million times and it had to get right back yes. up I knew eventually at some point it would be able to help somebody else, but when you're thinking it, whew, it's a, it's a trying time, but those lessons you'll never forget. You'll never forget the time you had to go through all the different changes with different partners and different, whatever you just, you won't forget that. So that, yeah. Thing, and you can remember that.
1: And that's fantastic that you're writing about it too, because then you can look back on it, you yourself or, or people that are really close to you. You know, if they ever need it, and I think that um, I read an article the other day, and it was like saying, "Is blogging dead? Is uh, vlogging dead?" I was like, "No, none of it is." I am. I'm a reader. You're a reader, and there's yeah. some of us that prefer to read than than watch or you know spend a lot of time on TikToks or or YouTube's or anything like that. So. I, that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I was so excited to hear you're a blogger. I was like, yes, keep going. Yeah,
0: I wanted to, um, this is the reason why, why I started the po- podcast. Cause some people will be able to read and not have a problem, but there are some people who will catch the lesson just from listening. And there are some yes. people who will then catch it visually. And I don't, don't be on my, well, I am on YouTube, but it's, you know, go in here too. Like, it's sure. like, People have their different ways of learning. And if they can't catch it, this is how I grew up. So I'm a PK, which is a preacher's kid. So when we were in church, we were always taught, if you can't get it from the from the pastor, get it from the choir. And if you can't get it from the choir, maybe somebody's hug in the, in the church will help you. But whatever mm. you do, the lesson is to get the lesson. So that's always stuck with me is it's you got to give people the lesson. So whether they hear yes. my voice or hearing your voice, or they're reading something that we're doing, or they're attending um, your amazing retreat, People need to get what they need in the avenue by which they need yes. to receive it. And so that's absolutely, great. we're just the vessel here to get the, the
1: message. So that's, yes. that <laughs> hey, You're speaking my language now. <laughs> yes, you got to give people absolutely. what they need and you got to figure out because everybody
0: does not learn the same way. You know, everybody doesn't get it the same way. So you got to be open too. When you're open and you're doing the right things, you will come in alignment because we came into alignment from t- two different parts of the, you know, of the world and not even known each other, but the alignment will always stay the same when your heart is right and your soul is pure, you are always aligned with who you're supposed to align with period.
1: Absolutely agree. Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> All right. So what did you think? I know there was a lot going on. We talked about her being Um, a cheater in the past, being a reformed cheater now that she is trying to live her life the best of her ability and to recognize where she has made her mistakes and recognize what's inside of her. Listen, the things that you have gone through and that you've, you know, how I got over, and you done got past it. Those are things that lay dormant in you. And it's your job to do whatever it is that you need to do to control that. Like it's your job to control that. And we don't talk enough about that. You know, we, we say, you know, especially when you were a PK, you know, I grew up in church where everything was forgiven. Like as long as you ask God to forgive you, you good, like things, God does forgive us. I do believe that, but I also believe that those are just revealing things that are inside of us that we need to be alert. We need to be aware I have to be alert and aware of the things that I've gotten, in my, gotten caught up in my past. It doesn't change the fact that, yes, I'm different, that, yes, I've changed. I have to now walk that change every single day. So that's a life choice. That's a choice that you make every single day. So we're not going to look at Helen and be like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that because we all have something that we're all having to walk ourselves through every single moment of every single day. I used to be the type of mom that would holler. Like when I first became a mom, like I think when my oldest was like a toddler and I had to re-chain myself to not do that. And I still slip up every now and again. And it's like retraining yourself. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You can talk in love with your children. You can actually have a conversation with them. You could teach them and you can actually guide them in love and in sensitivity. Um, those are things that you and that's just a small example of just being a mom. You know, you could be the type of wife that's, you know, always in your husband's things and always going through their stuff and always giving them a hard time and nagging them 24-7. But when you learn something different and you realize like that's not gonna work out in your relationship, you still have to then Make sure you're changing the way that you talk. So for me, I had to change that about the way that I used to be a wife. And then I have to walk through that every single day. You don't just walk away from certain things and then think that all of a sudden you've made it, you've arrived. And now you don't have to call yourself into subjection for the things that came up. Listen, when you get caught up into something, 90% of the time, it's because it's something that's already in you that you didn't either know was there or you ignored. When I used to think about the ex-boyfriends that I had, I used to always say, oh, I don't know how I dated them. You know why you dated them because you were of like-mindedness. The exes that I've had, they all had something about them that was aligned with where I was or where I was at. And although I had that goody two-shoe persona, especially being a church girl, I actually had a lot of the attributes that I was looking down on at them, I had them too. But we don't wanna talk about that, right? We don't ever wanna say that was me. I'm going to tell you that was me <laughs> because that's how I've grown. That's how I become better. That's how I become more grounded by knowing that, yeah, I made a thousand one mistakes. I used to lie about this and lie about that. That was me. I'm not going to be shameful for the things that I've gone through that I've tried to change and or walk through the change every single day. But that doesn't mean that I'm not mindful of those things. So let's just not let's be very of Whatever you had that you went through you have to also stay grounded to keep through. Like, you got to continue to walk that walk every single day. So I, that's why, it's for me, it's not a big deal. But maybe for you, this is the first time you heard somebody say, oh, my God, I did A, B, and C. And maybe it's because I grew up in a church, too, where people were always confessing something every other minute. Like, every time communion time came, folks had a confession about whatever it is that they were going through. And when they, people confess that, it's supposed to give you the freedom to live the way you choose to now live. But there's work that comes along with that. You have to be accountable. In order to be accountable, you have to speak it. And once you speak it, then you have to live it. See, that's the part we don't want to get to. Everybody wants to come out the woodworks like they've never done anything and like their life is perfect and they're, you know, a a saint. But the reality of it is, is that you're not, I'm not, we're not. So be mindful of that. There's a lot of lessons that you could take from that conversation and apply it to where you are right now. Maybe you're not in that phase. Praise Jesus, you're not. But for rest of us who recognize that it's the principle behind what she said, not the not not what well not what went down, but the principle we can all learn to draw from one another. And I'm gonna tell you one thing. Like I said earlier, learning how to pole and get on that pole dance and do all those things is not for the faint. So when I see a woman that can do that, I give them their props. I don't care what they're doing it and their reasons for. That's between them and whomever. But to get on the pole and to do the things that they do takes a lot of upper body strength. Number one, physically. Number two, if you're not confident in your skin, there's no way you're getting up there doing all that. I'm just going to tell you straight up because it takes you being real clear about the fact that you're ready to do this thing to get up on that pole. I thought I was going to break my entire arm when I started pole dancing. I'm going to tell you, this was after my second child. And I literally went on there every Tuesdays and Thursdays. I would go right here in South Philly in Philadelphia. And I was out there learning how to pole dance. And it wasn't because I came home to show my husband some skills. It wasn't even that it had nothing to do with him. Like I, I don't even think to this day I ever came and did like a twirl for him or anything like that. Maybe I should, I don't know, but I didn't. The lesson that I had to learn from that was while I was dealing with my postpartum body, Legitly all those rolls and tucks that I had that was making me feel insecure about myself All of those rolls and tucks that I had listen my husband and if you listen to our episode um, Store it's called a store love I talked about how listen I used to have my husband's at the time he was my fiance I used to have his debit card in my and my card So I had my money and his money if I wanted to buy something I could buy it And he would never even question me like okay, you want that cool get it But even with having that access to that money never made me excited or happy because I was struggling on the inside. And so while everybody looks their nose down on people who pole dance, let me tell you something. I literally cracked the code on myself by taking those classes, those couple months, I learned to love myself. And that. Really, honestly, along with losing the weight that I needed to lose, along with taking care of my, you know, doing self-care and all those things, those lessons are what really and honestly got me to the point that I am today, where I can look in the mirror, no matter how up or down my scale may go, I'll sit there and be like, LaToy, I love you. Everything about you, all everything that you got going on, I love you. I can look at my body butt naked and all and love myself. Because let me tell you something, when you get vulnerable enough to take that pole dancing class and really look at yourself, I'm telling you, for me, this may not be you. You may be, that ain't your thing. But for me, it was liberating, right? And I know people who may have never, like I said, may not even never even knew that I took the classes. It wasn't for you, it wasn't for my husband or my fiance at the time, who was my husband. Now it was for me. It was to unlock me, it was to unlock my inner uh, goddess. It was for me to understand who I was and to get comfortable. Like at the time, if I weighed 200 pounds, I was gonna bring that 200 pound body on that pole. Cause it wasn't about the weight that I was carrying physically, but I bet you it was about that weight that I was carrying on the, and on the inside, that mental weight and anguish all the times I was having all those postpartum anguishes and yelling and screaming, all the things that I was going through at the time I had to bring it to the pole and leave it there. I would literally, it was listen, I'm not saying that it was church, but I'm saying for me, it was liberating and it was about as close to church at the time that I could get. And it taught me something about myself. Now, People can sit there and say what they want to say, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'll go on record and say, God, used me, use that pole dancing class to get me where I needed to be because I didn't need to use it to do anything with it. I needed to use it to get my mind right. And you might be saying that's so blasphemous, maybe to you, but to me, it was the life, it was life changing. So, and I'm not even saying that to justify it. Like I already know the lesson that I learned from it because I learned it. Maybe I'll even blog about it. Matter of fact, I actually did blog about Um, taking the pole dancing classes and people were like clutching their pearls, please clutch them. Not only clutch them, yank them off your, um, your neck and throw them in the trash. Listen, there are certain things that are here to help us to grow here on earth, not in the Bible, not in church, not all the other things here on this earth that are supposed to help us. So that's that's what I did it for. So I'm very glad and, and and refreshed that Helen came and told her story. She didn't care nothing about y'all um, sucking y'all teeth while y'all listening, y'all little mental eye rolls that you might have been doing. You're, mm, let me shut off the podcast. Keep listening because you know what? In somebody's story, good or bad, if you're not open enough to hear what's for you, you're never going to learn. Like You've got to be able to hear people's story and take something from that. So you may not get on a poll. Okay. So you may not be a cheater. All right. But you can learn that maybe the things that you're looking at yourself at and then you're, you're, you're talking down to yourself and calling yourself all kind of stuff. I had to stop my um, children from doing that. Stop saying I don't like certain things about me. And look at yourself in the mirror and do those affirmations. And what are you supposed to be seeing? Like, do you see yourself the way you need to? And if not, let's help you see the stuff that you're supposed to see. Because, again... I As a parent, I can tell them that they're beautiful. I do it all the time. I can tell my son he's amazingly handsome and how brilliant he is and all those different things. But if you don't feel it in your heart, me telling you ain't going to change it. It's got to be an internal thing. So sometimes we got to open up and flip that little internal switch so we can be who we need to be. So I'm grateful for your presence here and listening to this podcast. I always tell you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're working out, do what you got to do so you can get to where you want to get to. If you're folding laundry like I usually am and you're listening to this podcast, I hope there was some type of deposit that uplifts you so that you could see yourself for who you truly need to be because that's what it's about. If you can't get it from the blog, and you can't get it from the YouTube, which is usually about fun. But if you can't get it from there, I hope that you can get it from the podcast because we're here to talk about the things that people are so scared to talk about because we're living a real life. So I grew up in a house where my parents were pretty much straight, you know, straight shooters when it came to um, sex, uh, drugs, all kind of stuff. They would just tell me straight up. So that's just how I grew up. You may not have had that upbringing. But that's how I grew up. So I don't usually shy away from difficult situations. I don't usually shy away from difficult. Difficult conversations because It's just I'm very comfortable in that And maybe for you this is the first time you've had Somebody had this type of conversation with you But I hope I hope that there was at least Something you could have taken away What is happening on the horizons Of the next couple of weeks we have some amazing Guests to be honest with you as you've been Noticing we've been rocking and rolling with these guests They've been coming back back to back to back With all kinds of information Two weeks ago um, we were talking All about our finances ladies And learning how to um, if you're trying to build a business and you're asking for the money that you need to build your business, what's stopping you from that ask? ASK, what's stopping you? Why are you having a hard time asking for what it is that you need, right? I don't understand that, but I know that a lot of women, especially, we just have this huge struggle. So we talked to Sydney Wong about that two weeks ago about her. She's a uh, uh, angel ca- uh, angel investor, So who better to have to talk about how we can get our coins and get our businesses up than somebody who's been there and done that and knows the tricks and the trade. And you know what? Women in investment is a very, very small crowd. We need to have more women in those types of arenas. And when you have more women in those type of arenas, they can kind of pull another woman up so they can tell you what to do. Last week, we had Miss Alex Gilbert of Able Consulting, and she was talking about mostly women who go Underdiagnosed or non-diagnosed at all about learning disabilities. And we talked about what they could do now. If you feel like you are struggling with a learning disability, but never been diagnosed, we talked about ways in which you can then get diagnosed and how you can go about learning how capable you are. Because, you know, you may have grown up your entire life feeling like nobody was there and nobody cares. And they're telling you that you're the worst of the worst because you can't, you can't, perform the way other people perform is because you may have a learning disability and you may need some assistance. So go back and listen to those two episodes. We have another amazing episode with another amazing guest next week. I can't wait for you to hear it. They keep getting better and better and better and better season. We are just kicking the season out. We are not playing any games at all. Um, so I'm glad to have you for the journey cause we are definitely on this journey to try to get, become a lot better. I hope that you have an amazing weekend. I plan to have a white wine. I have, have so many um, bottles of red wine that I actually have to go out <laughs> and get more white. Thankfully for winks, which I am a part of, I'll put that link in the um, show notes too. So you can grab using my code. Um, but Yeah make sure that I I love wine. So whatever your uh, beverage of choice, maybe you just like hot tea. I do drink tea often. Me, I am coffee drinker as well. Whatever you need, find something that you can just drink that makes you feel amazing. I'm going to drink that wine tonight and I'm not going to have any, any, any shame whatsoever. So enjoy your Friday, enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back with you next week with an entirely new guest because we're going to keep learning this season and it's just been a season of growth. So until next time